0: Data Mesh Radio is provided as a free community resource by Data Mesh Understanding. It is produced and hosted by me, Scott Herleman. I created Data Mesh Radio to be a resource for Data Mesh practitioners the world over. This is a weekly summary episode where I share a bit about the upcoming week's episodes and give you an extended summary for any interviews or panels that will be released during that week. It's designed to help you decide what episodes you might want to spend the full time to listen to as interview episodes and panels are typically more than one hour long. In general, if you were running up against any challenges with data mesh, I'm here to help. I started a company around doing just that data mesh understanding. So get in touch if I can be of help. Check out our free community programs and things like that as well. weekly episode summaries and programming notes for the week of October 8th, 2023. Since I was able to get a huge number of my episodes done and dusted essentially for the rest of the year, over the last few weeks, I'm finally able to get back to the book on success factors. So let me know what success factors you think are most important to Data Mesh so I can include them. Um, I'll also be in Sweden for Data 2030 uh, near the end of October so uh, that will probably be my last public appearance for a while as I get my health uh, better under control. So if you do want to meet up, that's probably the best place in the nearish future. So if you want to meet up, just, you know, head on to Sweden. So what's on tap for this week? On Monday, we have episode 258, Data Mesh on Hard Mode, Learning from Airtel's Early Data Mesh Journey, Interview with Sid Shah. So Airtel are a bit... In a way, like Paul Kovac is from episode 254, they've taken a bunch of things from this podcast and the people who have spoken on it uh, to push their implementation forward to really adjust to what they're trying to do. One of the big things is literally just reaching out to tens of people that have been on here or that they've seen kind of talking about their data mesh implementations on LinkedIn and asking them to present about that to uh, their, their company. And we, that's helped from an information perspective, but also just to kind of build up the momentum of, hey, we're doing this. This is important. We're bringing in lots of external speakers. You know, Airtel's story is really interesting, especially because they are on-prem. That's why hard mode. And also, they didn't really succeed the first or even the second time they were trying to get going with their implementation. So there's a lot in here about kind of going at a good pace, getting and maintaining buy-in, proving out value early, and and that you don't have to get this perfect from the start. So there's a lot of good things to take away as well as some, uh, some inspiration. On Friday, we have episode 259, The Fellowship of the Data Mesh, The Journey to Mesh-topia, Mesh Musings number 54. So I've been trying to develop this idea around uh, Meshtopia or Data Mesh Island or whatever for a while. And I think I've got um, some good uh, commentary around this where, where we can start to talk about where are we all trying to head, but that we're also starting from different positions. So every organization does start from a different location when when heading to this kind of fabled land of, of Meshtopia, of Data Meshtopia. So every journey will look different. You know, somebody might be in the Northwest and they've got mountains and forests and you know the the dwarves themselves uh will want to go through the mountains but the elves will want to go through the forests and all that type of stuff try try to understand why other people are are choosing like how they're going but a lot of it is is that it's going to be very specific from your circumstances and your strengths so you know often just get in touch with people and ask them Why did you choose to do this over this and things like that? Because the journey will look so different, where people put their focus will depend. Look to the fundamentals of what you are trying to achieve, how to achieve short and long term value and how you're making progress. You can choose your own journey. There are different paths to getting to this Meshtopia concept. Just because you look like another organization doesn't mean you have to tread the same path. And especially when you think about those that really don't look like your organization, even if they're in the same industry, somebody starting really, really decentralized and you're starting very centralized, your journeys are going to look completely different, even if you're supposedly similar companies. Um, Think about the old trope of playing to your strengths while shoring up your weaknesses. This doesn't mean only playing to your strengths. That is where I'm seeing the most failures in data mesh. Just because you're bad at governance doesn't mean you can ignore it. Uh, find your fellowship of, or you know your your fellowship or fellowships. Find people to constantly stay in touch with and exchange information about your implementation, their implementation. They're they are also the the best leverage points. Quite often, you know, hey, we want to do X Y Z approach. Scott here says this is a very standard approach from these 10 organizations and here are the pitfalls so we aren't making this up out of our butts right you know being able to push that internally that message internally and going hey we're not crazy other people are doing this and then as well when you think about even the phrase meshtopia as a bad phrase I, i i like it for certain reasons but these aren't you know nearly as magical as you expect it's not a utopia it's not as if As soon as you get to quote unquote, we are doing data mesh everything, all of a sudden resolves itself. Still a lot of work. You still gotta kind of carve out a life from the land. So think about how you do that. So I'll I'll shut up now, but then you also have to listen to me anyway, as we move on to the extended summary for Sid's episode. Ended summary for episode 258, Data Mesh on Hard Mode, learnings from Airtel's early data mesh journey, an interview with Sid Shah. So in this episode, I interviewed Sid Shah, who's the head of product data and analytics at Airtel, a large Indian telecom operator. To be clear, though, he was only representing his own views on the episode. Before we jump in, it's important to note that Airtel are doing data mesh on what I call hard mode. Because of regulatory requirements and restrictions, they are all on-prem. That means extra challenges when it comes to, you know, things like securing compute resources and another a lot of other challenges. Sid started by talking about some of the challenges of data and analytics in a very large organization that has grown through acqu- acquisitions. You know, data is siloed across the organization and you can't get sight of the customer journey across lines of business. You know, they have one brand that they're working with and yet they're completely siloed different businesses and so they're not able to actually the organization can't track that to address this a few years ago they started landing data from all across the organization into a central data lake sound familiar you can probably see where this is going a central team getting more and more overloaded while there is an ever increasing demand for data and the time to get that goes longer and longer Add to that, a data platform where the only team sophisticated enough to use that data platform being the central data team, and you have major bottlenecks, poor quality governance, the business teams weren't sure what to trust or what data really meant, all of that combining for a bad analytical experience. So that was the stage for why they started to look at Data Mesh. Even before coming to Data Mesh as a potential solution, Sid and team thought the biggest problem was poor data ownership. The teams who knew the data couldn't own the data even if they wanted to. They didn't have a platform they could actually use or the data fluency, the data capabilities to own their data work. The other issues could really be traced back to that, you know, poor quality, bottlenecks, low trust, etc. It all came back to that poor data ownership. According to Sid, coming across... Data Mesh and all the other organizations that were implementing, including the stories from this podcast and the community, you know, self pat on the back there, validated that they weren't the only ones experiencing these data and analytics issues. And it gave them not just validation, but hope and a set of talking points and proof points to leverage internally for driving understanding and, you know, driving that buy in. Sid and team understood early on that changing data ownership is not a trivial exercise. It's not, you know, just changing the responsibility. You have to enable domains to actually be able to properly own their data, or it's just the same problem of bad data and bottlenecks, but just new people to point the finger at. You're just treating that data ownership like a hot potato. They decided to not try to solve the challenges at the small scale at each of the individual domains. But come up with an approach that was going to really target the pain points at the enterprise level. So that's why they arrived on Data Mesh. They realized that they didn't want to do this at the small scale, they wanted to do it kind of more broadly. Two things that helped drive Data Mesh forward as a concept at Airtel were general understanding of Data Mesh and its aims at the senior leadership level in the organization, and again, feeling that pain for long enough that people were ready for a Uh. fix. A third aspect was creating a way for data mesh to actually happen at Airtel specifically. How could data mesh work in their organization without trying to change everything about the organization and how people and processes actually worked? Essentially, how can you explain how this would work, you know, it would all work to people at their level of involvement, you know, senior leadership doesn't worry much about the tech you your platform is going to use and that your mesh implementation won't disrupt the entire organization in a bad way while addressing a lot of the causes of data pain. As a number of guests on Data Mesh Radio have pointed to, when speaking to the business, Sid recommends to speak to their business pains, data quality issues, not being able to nimbly react to the market based on data, reliability issues, things breaking, etc., The business wants to deliver on their business objectives, not talk about how you are building the data platform. Think about time to experimentation as well. If you can take the time to deploy an experiment into the market from weeks to days or even hours, what what can that do for them? Ask them that. The product and engineering orgs love the sausage factory tour. So keep the sausage factory tour of how you're doing all this stuff to the engineering and the product orgs, right? And the data people. When looking to drive buy-in and understanding of data mesh with the technical teams, the engineering and product teams and leaders, SID brought in a number of people from other organizations doing data mesh to to present. People got used to the idea of data mesh. And also, if they're seeing many internal presentations on data mesh, they understood the momentum was building. So they'd kind of have to get on the bandwagon if this just kept coming up in internal presentation. You know, personal note, this is part of why data mesh understanding exists. Not everyone can easily bring in those outside speakers, but, you know, I'm I'm here to help. Uh, When they were just starting out their journey, a number of domains gave the quite fair pushback of they didn't have the skill sets to do data mesh to own their own data. They also didn't have the resourcing to take on the additional work both people and compute. Recall, Airtel is all on-prem. So Sid and team had central resources, including people, to loan, you know, quote-unquote loan in the, in the case of compute, but actual people, you know, Im- embed them into these domains who wanted to own their data, who were bought in, but needed that help. You know, they as that central team, they said, we've got resourcing to help you with this. Another aspect was to find champions and develop hero stories where someone not that advanced around data was able to successfully build a dashboard or something similar. And that helped to inspire others and lower the perceived bar to doing the data work themselves. It wasn't just the most advanced AI team was able to do this. It was kind of people that looked a lot like like them kind of thing. Sid and team knew that if the domains couldn't successfully own their data, the work would fall back on his team, the central team. So they had a bit of an extra incentive to make it work, right? So they made sure to only take on the amount of work they could handle instead of onboarding every domain they could or that was interested right at the start. Just make sure you communicate effectively and transparently around this. Personal note, it's absolutely normal and reasonable to push domains out in time if you don't have the capacity to work with them whether that is resources or platform capabilities around their use cases. It's okay to say not right now. That's one of the biggest ways to succeed is to not bite off more than you can chew. At Airtel, SID and team didn't succeed on their first attempt at data mesh. In fact, they, you know, SID said failed miserably. They didn't succeed on kind of the second or third even. They weren't fully prepared and didn't have a lot of the issues figured, figured out. Luckily, their company didn't throw in the towel, but the failure helped them understand what really mattered. It was about making data mesh possible, making it a part of their strategy so teams could feel like it was okay to lean in and building out the resourcing, the platform, compute, and people sides to make this an actual possibility. That you're not just saying, you now own this. It was, we're going to make this actually something that could happen. Sid didn't see his early data mesh role as trying to convince every day domain, win everyone over upfront. It was about getting out the first few use cases and working with a few domains. It was about finding collaborators that could help drive to a scalable platform. It was about finding the friction points as domains look to own their data and then addressing those friction points. Really focus on what you need to accomplish and don't try to take on the world. It's going to be important and somewhat challenging to keep all your stakeholders engaged at the start of your journey, according to Sid, especially those not participating early. You might have gotten people excited and then, you know, you're like, hey, we're going to deal with you in six, nine, 12 months. It's important to keep engineering and product leaders engaged, but also the people doing the actual work in the domains and, and the data team. And of course, you need to keep the business stakeholders engaged as they are the ones who will do a lot of the work, but also get the biggest benefit. But it's also crucial to understand each group will require different approaches to keep them engaged. Focus on that incremental progress and find leverage points instead of trying to tell them about everything, right? Again, that sausage factory thing. For Airtel, the product and engineering teams were excited about faster product delivery and quicker delivery of insights. So, you know, that's what they talked to them about. For Sid, it was important to communicate to leadership that the data mesh journey would take a few years and to get their buy-in that this was a long-term approach, not a quick quarterly fix. But most teams really only care about what is going to be coming, what value will be delivered in the next quarter or two. Again, focus on delivering updates about what the audience cares about and understand you will have multiple personas to cater to. You know, don't try and sell them on the five-year vision when they're measured on what's going to happen in the next couple of quarters. Lean into how you can help them in that time frame. At Airtel, budgeting, especially around data, has been done centrally, right? That's where all the money goes to. It's been kind of that cost center type thing and not in each domain, so for the first year of their data mesh journey, the data team isn't even showing people exact budgets or costs for their domains around their data work, but they intend to build a, a perspective on overall costs and kind of share somewhat of this is what it's going to cost if we transfer this to you as we transfer the budget around doing the, the data work. This is a big change in thought for the domains from when the costs were all on that central you know, shared data team. Data team didn't want to switch from essentially an afterthought, which is kind of the way it was before, to billing the domains too quickly, but they do want the domains to really be considerate of costs, of the work that they're doing. The return on investment conversation has been somewhat difficult to nail down in many use cases for SID. What value do you attribute to faster time to market? If something now takes one day instead of four weeks, there's a very clear business value, but... What is the measurement of that business value? Time savings is nice, but ends up being pretty low in the grand scheme. At Airtel, I heard something at CDO IQ recently where someone says our minutes don't go on the balance sheet. So minutes saved, what what does that actually mean? Right? There are also new new use cases that could not have been done before. But overall, it's hard to point to an exact return figure. And personal note. This is where you can uh, flip this around on the lines of business and ask them to tell you how much value it generates for them to do uh, a use case that they couldn't or, or get to market quicker or easier and do smaller, you know, scaled, fine-tuned experiments. And if they're telling you it's not valuable, then do you really want to lean in towards building that? If they're all telling you eh, it's not that big of a deal, then maybe you want to find somewhere else to focus on on delivering value to them. And, you know, there's that whole conversation of is it valued or valuable and all that fun stuff. Sid and team are still figuring things out, like the domain onboarding model and many governance aspects in the platform. And, you know, should they have an embedded expert in things like data modeling go into the domains to help them get up to speed? Now that sharing data is far easier, how do you make sure data is well-governed? across a number of dimensions like quality, security, privacy, etc. It's not all figured out, and that's okay. Hopefully it sounds like some awesome episodes for you coming up this week. As a reminder, feel free to get in touch if I might be useful in your data mesh journey, helping quite a few organizations and introducing people to each other, plus doing some roundtables. Check out datameshunderstanding.com for more information. I hope you have a great rest of your day and week. Now, on to that fun, funky little outro music.